Welcome to the GlobalTQM.com podcast, where we teach e-commerce business owners how to source the best products from China, negotiate with Chinese manufacturers, navigate Chinese business culture, and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. David Hoffman is the founder and CEO of GlobalTQM.com, your team on the ground in China. With over 25 years of experience doing business in China, David and his team at GlobalTQM.com have the know-how and experience to overcome any challenge you'll face sourcing and manufacturing in China. So, hey guys, um, welcome to this week's episode of GlobalTQM's podcast of sourcing and developing products in China. So, today is going to be a really exciting episode. We haven't done one for a while, but I'm really, really excited about this one. I've got a good friend of mine joining me here, Reed. Hey, Reed. Hey, David. Excited to be here. No, excellent. So, so to some background, guys, Reed is an expert at Kickstarter, amongst other things. And um, why why are we having him on here today? And I think I'm really excited about it. Is I was jet in jest, I guess, speaking to Reed and saying, Reed, I don't get this whole Kickstarter thing. Why do you bother? Why do you waste your time? You know, you should be doing things in a different way. And he said something, and it's kind of the magic ingredient that tweaked my interest. And that's why we're going to go down this route. And I'm sure everyone will find this fascinating. And he said, it's really simple. We can't buy inventory on every single thing we want to sell. It just costs a lot of money and a huge investment. And suddenly the penny dropped for me. Reed, I have to say, I mean, that's you took me from taking it as a joke to saying, wow, I need to know more about this. I mean, it just blew my mind. You're right. And and that's why I'm, I love the space. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I think that's that's obviously one of the big barriers for entry in an inventory-based business is you have to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in inventory in advance, which you're then ultimately going to sell down uh, and, pay, and pay yourself back. But um, I guess to segue into, you know, to, to give a little bit of background into what Kickstarter is for, for those of you out there that uh, aren't familiar with it, Kickstarter is what's called a, a crowdfunding platform. Uh, and, and basically what that means is it's a, it's a pre-order platform. So customers can come onto the platform and they can pre-order uh, a product uh, in advance of when that product is ready to ship uh, and in return for pre-ordering that product and waiting a while for the shipping, you give those customers a discount on the future retail price of that product. So, the- right. so, 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 so that's a great, I'm just going to interrupt you because I've got so many questions. So, so the advantage for the customer pre-ordering, because that's another thing I didn't get about it is I'm just used to customers wanting things on demand. I said, why would anybody order it and wait? to get it, you know, I just, I just didn't understand it when you, when, when you explained to me. So it's that whole concept that you're getting at a lower price and the longer, does the price go up the longer you wait? Yeah, yeah, so good question. So t- typically you're getting any, uh, the customer's getting anywhere from 50% off to, you know, which is, which is pretty standard uh, in, the, in, the, in the super early bird uh, phase of the campaign, right, right when a, a Kickstarter launches to you know 30, 20 to 30% off towards towards the end of the campaign uh, or on Indiegogo after the campaign ends and we we'll, we can we can talk a little bit more about the different phases of of the crowdfunding campaign but that that's one of the big uh, incentives for a customer to uh, to back a Kickstarter pro- project is that they're getting a really nice discount uh, yeah. on the future retail price 
Yeah. I mean, one, one of my mantras has always been inventory is, is evil. It's, it's just evil. I mean, it's one way that, you know, in most businesses burn on inventory. So, so it does fascinate me giving people the discount in advance so that they can pre-order. So in a way, I mean, oh, I, let me jump in there for a second, because yeah. I, I think, I think you hit on the key point and I, and one of the, the, uh, one of the, the main value propositions as a, as a brand or as a creator on Kickstarter, you have a very good, you have good insight into consumer demand before you go on to, to make that inventory run. Not only, uh, you know, do you, do you know for sure that there's enough demand for the product and Kickstarter has this thing called a uh, funding goal. So, you know, let's say that uh, your funding goal is hundred thousand dollars. You're only going to make this product if you hit that funding goal. So if there's enough consumer demand, if enough Kickstarter customers wow, come on and, and purchase the product, you're, you're not committed to making it until you hit that goal. Wow. And then once you hit it, so it's basically like market validation. So you validate it first, see customers want it, see customers buying it. Then you decide if you're even going to make it. Exactly. So not only uh, do you know for sure that there's, uh, you know, product market fit, that there's demand for the product. Also, you, you have great insight into more nuanced uh, demand uh, uh, insights, such as, you know, what are the best selling colors? Uh, what which accessories do people want with this product? Um, what you know? What what's the geographic distribution of your customer base? How does it skew between male and female, and and all sorts of other wow. uh, insight that normally takes a lot longer to to figure out and then you know project? You have all that information before you have to actually you know purchase the inventory. That's amazing. I didn't even think of that. I mean that that we we faced and many of my customers are faced with that question all the time. What color is going to work? What size? I mean, if you've got that insight before you even ordering, um, it's ultimate. So you get all this market validation before the investment. It, it's it's. Um, I almost feel like it's too good to be true. It's the ultimate formula in many ways. It is. It, it is a little too good to be true, and and that's really we're we're really only focused right now in talking about kind of the the financial use cases uh, for yeah. Kickstarter, which are numerous. And there is one thing that I want to clear up, which is a common misconception about the Kickstarter model. A lot of people think it's crowdfunding, like funding, meaning, you know, you're, you're trading, uh, somebody purchasing equity in your, in your company, but that's well, not the case. It's not to be confused with equity crowdfunding, which is a whole nother space and, and kind of, kind of interesting in and of itself. But we're talking about Kickstarter, which is a product crowdfunding, yeah, uh, marketplace platform, and you're just you're simply offering a pre-order, a pre-sale uh, of a product that you're uh, interested in, in in producing. No equity yeah. involved. And 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 I think one of the things that I like about it too, because we've spoken about this offline, is what a lot of people miss in developing a product is is that whole content package, the creating the content, the presentation, the information, how you're going to actually pitch your product online. And what Kickstarter kind of makes forces you to do is prepare all of that up front. So you go through that whole learning curve and then you can even make modifications to the product as you learn things and say, oh, that's actually kind of a key feature. We missed on that point. Let's update that in packaging or in, in collateral or material or whatever kind of videos, whatever we've got, got to promote the product. No, this is a super, uh, super savvy point and one that, 
that we that we kind of always remind ourselves of. And it's funny you you mentioned this because I was literally just having this conversation with with Mel, my my wife, and her and I have a a, a betting brand, and we recently had a launched a Kickstarter. And uh, you know, there's parts of 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 the Kickstarter of launching a Kickstarter that are a ton of work. Uh, you know, such as you said, kind of crafting that storytelling and the messaging and the other, you know, big piece of it that is different from kind of some of the other traditional e-commerce channels is it's a very public launch platform. So uh, you have these Kickstarter backers uh, and they can kind of publicly comment uh, and ask you questions and that kind of thing. And and because of that element of it, uh, you really have to uh, align on, on what your messaging, what your public facing yeah. messaging is, but going through that exercise of, of really, you know, figuring out what the, uh, what your, uh, you know, primary value proposition is and, um, you know, what the storytelling ter- angle is and, uh, you know, the, kind of that product marketing, uh, it, it's yeah. super important. That's huge. I mean, I, I've seen people sell products online that can be selling the same product. And one does really well just because the way they tell the story, their headline, their you know key selling points, just they just hit the nail on their head, and they understand what the problems it's solving for the consumers. And and you don't get that through without market research and talking to customers. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the other uh, you know parts of that is the, the one of the, the parts of launching Kickstarters that that really fascinates us and that we that we like about it is there's, and, and you could argue this for any sort of, you know, big product launch. It doesn't just have to be a Kickstarter, but there's this element of kind of building up to that launch. And when you're building up to that launch, you have a, a lot of uh, time to, to survey customers and a lot of different customer touch points and interactions. And uh, that's a great time, as you said, to, uh, to really kind of, um, hone in on what your messaging is to try some different angles, yeah. test a lot of different creatives, you know, uh, so this is maybe going a little off track and stop me if, if we don't want to. No, no, no. I'm, I'm loving it. Cause I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, to me, there's more value in doing that type of work up front than rushing to find a product, buying it, putting an in inventory and trying to sell it. And then you, you're going to, the way I look at it, you're going to learn that anyway. You can either learn it the easy way, you can learn it the hard way, stuck with a bunch of inventory. So for me, um, I mean, I feel like you, like I'm a converted person I, from somebody not getting it to thinking it, it sounds like the best thing ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that kind of the methodology that, uh, that we like to employ is, so as you said, kind of really astutely, the Kickstarter itself is this market validation. So, uh, you know, already we know that we've got this massive market validation that's happening once we launch the Kickstarter. There's also a few other validation points that we like to put in before you even launch on Kickstarter so that you're not stepping up to the plate on launch day and it's a complete flop. So the first thing that we like to do is what we call uh, a Facebook ad product validation. Right. Methodology for this is what we're going to do is we're going to take your product and we're going to create, you know, a few dozen Facebook ad creatives that uh, demonstrate the product's uh, value proposition, use case, um, maybe a few different uh, approaches. You know, maybe there's a primary use case or a few different, you know, unique selling points. We're going to try 
several different angles and target, you know, several different customer personas, several different audiences, um, you know, a, a kind of a, a range of images and videos and different um, creative mediums. And we're going to run Facebook ads, which will target previous Kickstarter backers. So people that have backed an, another Kickstarter project in the past, because yeah. uh, the thing about um, Kickstarter backers is it's kind of, it's like a, a very specific sort of consumer behavior that's a bit addictive, I think. Right. Uh, where if you've backed one Kickstarter project, you're very likely to back another Kickstarter yeah. project. So we're only targeting those previous Kickstarter backers. And what we're trying to assess is, you know, if they see this Facebook ad and then they click on it and then they're redirected to uh, a mobile optimized landing page where we're asking them for their email address. So the, the landing page will say, you know, we're launching uh, this Kickstarter project in a couple of months. Uh, you know, put your email address in and, and be the first to know uh, the second we launch and have right. the best chance at getting a 50% discount on uh, the future retail price. Yeah. And so kind of the, the price that uh, we can collect an email address for, yeah. uh, the price that, that we can get to, to collect an email address of somebody who's interested in this Kickstarter launch, that's a great piece of data that uh, can kind of indicate at least initially, is there likely to be consumer demand for for this product once it goes on to Kickstarter? And you know, generally, the benchmark that we're looking for is we're looking to collect emails for two dollars or yep. less, and ideally around a dollar, dollar fifty. Wow! I mean, that that in itself is valuable. Just just kind of running those test campaigns to try and validate a product idea. So, so Reed, let me. I mean, I've got so many questions to ask you. Um, but I have to jump mm. ahead to one because I am quite um, curious. Um, what is the mm. biggest Kickstarter campaign you've done? And I'm talking dollars. Biggest, <laughs> <laughs> so U.S. dollars, uh, biggest in terms of uh, in terms of uh, sales or revenue. Uh, we launched a, a Kickstarter in Q three of of last year of 2020 called Whipper. Uh, which is a, it's an at-home fitness product. It's uh, this, uh, this cube that you uh, can attach a few different accessories so that you can uh, row uh, or you can paddle yeah. uh, or you can ski uh, oh, nice. from the comfort of your home. Um, and uh, it raised 3.5, 3.5 million USD. $3.5 million. Yeah. And that's in the span of about, um, yeah. I think, 40, 45 days is a Kickstarter will run between 30 to 60 days. So 3.5 million in, in 45 days. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's unbelievable. I mean, most people don't sell that at all ever on a product, let alone on, on just their Kickstarter launch. Super, super exciting. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the other uh, exciting things about that product in particular is the return on ad and, uh, ROAS, return on ad spend. This is one of the primary metrics that we use to evaluate the profitability of uh, of ads we're running. The return yeah. on ad spend for that was uh, over six x. Wow. Uh, kind of industry benchmark for e-commerce is probably like two and a half, three x is is good. Right. Uh, so this was six x. So it's not amazing. only incredibly high volume, but also incredibly profitable. That is unbelievable. So, so I mean, I imagine, uh, I, I mean, there's lots of success stories. I mean, what does a bad or average campaign look like in your view? Like, what, what, what would you say? Like, can I do $100,000 in a campaign? Would that be good or bad? 
or I mean, what does bad, good, medium look like? What and just, I mean, let's try balance expectations. I'm sure everyone's going to do a three and a half million dollar campaign. Although I am going to hold you to it, we're going to try. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, of course, there, um, there are. So the majority of kick, Kickstarter projects that launch don't hit their funding goal. That's uh, you know, if you look at the statistics probably about 90% of Kickstarter projects that launch, they don't ever hit their funding goal. And so right. they don't even, you know, go on to, to make that product. And that's mostly because, uh, you know, they, they don't have a, a good process or a strategic approach in, in place. They just well, kind of launch. Well, 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 if I can interrupt you there, I mean, in, in a way, because I speak about this a lot, is, is sometimes it's better, the sooner you know a product's not going to work, the better it is because, um, you know, like I have this conversation with people and I say rather pay more from manufacturer in China, for example, and get less inventory than try and get the lowest price and take on too much inventory. Because if you got to start marking that down and clearing it, you'll lose a lot more. So 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 when you say that to me, like with, with, with what I know, I look at it and I say, well, if it costs me X to validate a product before I've even invested in the inventory, I don't necessarily see that as a loss. I could see that as a big win, you know, it's, it's what, what did you save yourself from getting into? Because I've gotten into a lot of dead products that we're still unraveling years later with a lot of inventory. <laughs> so uh, for me, I, I look at that like, wow, you know, I, I wouldn't mind knowing first before I get into a product that, that, that there's a market, there's interest, because I'm going to learn that anyway. A hundred percent. No, you're, you're right. That there's certainly a lot of those uh, products that, are just bad. They're just um, there. Just isn't product market fit. You know there is yeah. there isn't an, an, enough consumer demand to to warrant them. But a lot of them are actually great products. Yeah, and they just haven't. Uh, they they don't have the right approach. They, uh, you know, basically what what happens is they they come onto Kickstarter. They launch they launch their Kickstarter. They hit the the launch button and go live, and and then nothing happens. And they say, well, you know, what ha happened? And that's because, uh, you know, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit today. Uh, you know, the it, when you look at the these really big Kickstarters, like this 3.5 million uh, Whipper campaign, yeah. what's going on behind the scenes is there's a lot going on behind behind the right. scenes there, and kind of the bread and butter of these big Kickstarter campaigns is paid customer acquisition. So, right. uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads, um, Google AdWords, YouTube. Uh, and, and, and some other, and some other stuff, yeah. but, uh, you know, if, if you're not, uh, if you're not kind of, um, generating traffic and, and sending traffic to it, yes. there's not much that's going to happen just or, organically there. But I think that goes for anything you do in e-commerce. If, you know, if you set up a Shopify store, set up a list of product on Amazon, um, the name of the game is traffic. You still, the way I see it, I, I've never been in a situation where you don't have to find a way to get your product in front of customers. And that normally comes in uh, uh, in, in ad spend in some way. Absolutely. You know, there is an organic uh, Kickstarter community. There's, um, you know, there's a, a, a Kickstarter community of, um, you know, 20, 30 million customers that come back again and again and back products you know, that, that come on to Kickstarter, you know, Kickstarter probably gets a, uh, you know, let's, let's see how many monthly unique views Kickstarter gets. 
it, it's got a, a built-in community that is going to bring maybe 10, 20 percent uh, of the revenue of a Kickstarter. So Kickstarter's got 30 million monthly unique uh, visitors. So it's just to their site. To, to their site. So it's not insignificant. You are going to get some organic traffic there, but I think you're 100% right. You can't yeah. rely on that organic traffic yeah. to be generating traffic. Yeah. Reed, um, I've actually got so many questions, but we are running out of time because I try to keep these podcasts and discussions short to 20, 25 minutes max. But I, ca I can just see there's way too much to talk about. I haven't got halfway down my list. I mean, I, I want to know what happens after Kickstarter with the product. I want to know what happens. If it doesn't, can, I wonder, can you do Kickstarter yourself at all? Can you do some of these tests yourself? Um, and I've got a list of questions. I wonder how long it takes to deliver a product. I want to get into actually developing the product and what that looks like behind the scenes, um, whether you've got how much development work you've got to do versus sourcing a product in China and still being successful online. There's so much I want to do. So I'm going to ask you a favor and a question is maybe would you be willing to possibly do a webinar or a workshop with me? We can do it live to an audience um, and let's maybe spend 40 minutes to an hour um, pitching Kickstarter and the process and helping people understand the mechanics of it, how it works, maybe going a bit deeper under the hood, because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that, that will be very interested in this. Some will want to do it themselves. And I'd love to teach them a bit how to do it. Some might want help in doing it. You know, we can explore those possibilities. I mean, would you be open to that? Absolutely, David. It would be my pleasure. If I get to look at that beautiful mug of yours for another hour or two on a call, fine by me. Uh, listen, I can send you a picture if you want. <laughs> Agree, that'll be great. I mean, I, I mean, you have, you have converted me into this space and i know we've spoken we're going to try to do a kickstarter together and maybe we'll kind of document that as we go and share it but yeah i think so for those of you guys listening um there's just so much more i want to talk to read about but i think what you need to take home is there's a lot of opportunities here in kickstarter and there are ways to do it on your own there's ways to get help to do it um, and it's a very very cost effective alternative to launching products and doing market validation, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think we, doing this webinar, doing this um, this workshop is going to be incredibly valuable. So, um, you know, once by the time I guess we publish this podcast, we'll have a link, we'll have a sign-up page, um, and we'll make a commitment to doing that for you guys. So, um, Reed, I mean, thank you so much for joining us. It's like, as usual, we can talk for hours on this. My pleasure, David. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Bye, guys. We'll speak soon. And remember, like it, share it. If, you, if you're enjoying the content you're getting from us, just make sure everybody hears it. The more people that hear it, the happier we are. Take care, guys. We'll speak soon. Quick quick plug, David. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure you'll pop it into the uh, uh, podcast notes as well. Yeah. But, uh, if you want to check out the other projects we've worked on, you can check out our website, brag.co. That's B-R-A-A-G dot C-O. Uh, and uh, check out kind of our portfolio of projects on there. Yeah, that's great, guys. And I suggest, I highly recommend you do that. That's Reed's company. Go see the projects they do, the work they do. Um, fascinating stuff. I know for me, it's been a very interesting learning curve. So take care, guys, and we'll speak soon. See you next week for another episode. Cheers. Thanks, David. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the globaltqm.com podcast. So you don't miss a single episode, remember to subscribe to our show on iTunes. We'd also be very grateful if you'd leave us an honest rating and review. And don't forget to download your free gift, our ebook on China sourcing for startups at globaltqm.com slash gift. Thank you.